Music is a universal language. You don't have to have any previous knowledge to appreciate it. As soon as you hear it, you'll feel something. Even if it's a song in a totally foreign language, you don't need to know the meaning of the words. You can interpret the sound, the notes, the groove. I believe we're all born with this musical sense, even if you're not a musician. Of course, we can also study this language. And to me, music is a perfect blend of art and science. There is a formula behind it all. You can define exactly what you're hearing with music theory. You can learn how it works, but you can also do almost anything with it. There really are no rules. It's a beautiful thing. I've spent my entire life studying music, creating music, and sharing my music more and more. And on this episode, I'd like to tell you about how I learned to be a musician. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks podcast. My name is Roy. Thank you for joining me. We've got over a decade of musical journey to cover today. So we're going to keep this intro short. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. It's the best way if you want to help support the show and my music. And of course, you get some cool perks in return, plus my eternal gratitude. So thank you for signing up and let's get on with the show. My family used to have this classic 90s Casio keyboard with all the super corny built-in sounds and those drum loops where you could hit the fill button and it would play this cheesy do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do kind of drum fill, which was clearly a Phil Collins in the air tonight ripoff. It was just something laying around the house that, that you could just mess around with. I assume everyone has some sort of musical instrument at home like that. Even if you aren't a musician, leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Did you have a keyboard like this too, or a ukulele or a piano, something at home that you could play music on? Everyone's musical journey has to start somewhere. And for me, it was around second grade, 1996. I started taking private piano lessons. I'm not sure if I really wanted to. I think it was more just something that everybody did. Around that time, you started piano lessons. That's just sort of a rite of passage. It was very formal, what you might call classical training, sit up straight, reading sheet music, learning the scales, playing recitals, so on. And of course, this is right before the Star Wars special editions came out in 1997. Obviously, I fell in love with Star Wars around that same time. And the music was a huge part of that. I learned a ton of the songs from the soundtracks in my piano lessons. And there was something special about learning a song that you know or a song that you actually like rather than just the cliche piano songs like Fur Elise or Pachelbel's Canon. I had sort of a love-hate relationship with piano lessons over time. I never really liked practicing. I would often cram practicing the day before or even hours before lessons. But I was really good at faking it. I had a good ear for music. If I heard a melody once, I could figure it out or repeat it without having to read the music. So if I was learning a piece for piano lessons, I'd read through the music once and basically just memorize it. 
to this day, I think that's my biggest musical strength is my ear. I took piano lessons for about 10 years, all the way through 12th grade. I don't play it as much as I should anymore, but I do occasionally write songs jamming on the piano. Christmas on Tatooine was written jamming on the piano. It never feels like Christmas on Tatooine. I got these really nice chords that I would have never stumbled upon if I was playing that song on guitar. I think that worked really well for a sentimental kind of Christmas song, if Christmas on Tatooine counts for that. And It's a Trap Song was also written mostly on piano. It's really the best instrument to start on. Everything is right in front of you and right at your fingertips. Even though I didn't really love piano lessons over time, it was definitely invaluable to have that familiarity with the keyboard. And if you're going to start out in music, the piano or keyboard is definitely the best place to start. Fast forward to fourth grade. This would be like 1998. Hello Rock View by Less Than Jake is out. My teacher had us write down our favorite songs and she thought I was joking when I wrote down all my best friends are metalheads. I loved all the energy and the big in-your-face horn parts on that album. It's one of my all-time favorites to this day. My older brothers were playing saxophone and trumpet at the time, and for some reason it seemed like I had to pick a different instrument. And since ska music was such a big thing in our household, the next obvious horn was the trombone. So I picked that and started more private lessons. School band didn't start until fifth grade, so I was a year ahead of everyone in school. I think my mom knew that I had a gift for music, and she was always pushing me to make the most of it. So I guess there was no reason to wait. Just go ahead and get started. The funny thing about starting so early was I was too short to reach all the positions on the trombone. So if you don't know, the trombone slide has seven different positions where you can play notes. So the sixth and the seventh position were tough to reach at nine years old. And I had this funky extender arm that clipped onto the slide to make it easier to reach all the positions. Literally like that grabber you would see on infomercials to like grab stuff off the top of a cupboard. So I played trombone all the way through middle school, high school, and even my first year of college. But I rarely played it for fun. It's kind of a loud and obnoxious instrument. At least with a digital keyboard, you have a volume knob or you can plug headphones in. I never really liked people hearing me practice or play. And I guess I still don't really like that. But I never really kept up with the trombone. I haven't played it in a while. I did play it on a few recordings for bands that I produced as kind of a joke, really. It's like, oh, you play trombone? Let's use that. And of course, the trombone solo on Mind Tricks Don't Work On Me is me playing. The trombone is another really great instrument for training your ear. With the slide, you have to be pinpoint accurate. You are tuning the instrument yourself. There's no buttons or keys that make the pitch perfectly in tune. Not like when you play a piano and 
if you hit middle C, it's going to sound exactly the same as if I play it. But on the trombone, you can give the instrument a lot of character with the way that you play it, the way that you slide in and out of notes, the way you can overblow it and make it growl. Even though I didn't play the trombone outside of school, I had a lot of fun performing with the school band and jazz band and different ensembles. And I would always take liberties with the pieces and just kind of have fun performing. I don't do a lot of traditional performing at all anymore, but I really enjoyed that high school band geek era. I was kind of at the top of my formal musical game back then. I took up the guitar next. I'm not sure exactly when this started, maybe 1999 or early 2000. I had this mini acoustic guitar. It was a regular acoustic guitar, but like the size of a ukulele. And I would bring it everywhere. I'd bring it on road trips and family vacations. I remember visiting my brother Rob in college and playing it for him and showing off some easy Green Day songs or something like that. They had Grand Theft Auto 3 in their apartment, so that must have been like 2001-ish. This is when I started playing along with songs by ear. I didn't take any guitar lessons. My brothers must have given me some pointers, but I don't really remember that first experience picking up the guitar. It must have been like a five-minute exchange of here's how you play a power chord and the rest is history. I did start reading tabs or tablature, which is basically sheet music for lazy guitarists. It tells you what string and what fret number to play, but not the rhythm. So you still have to use your ear a little bit. If I couldn't figure out a song totally by ear, then I would just look up the tab. And around that same time, my parents got me a Squire P bass from Mars Music. And this was around when Tony Hawk Pro Skater was all the rage on Nintendo 64. Ska and skate punk were kind of big. I learned Superman by Goldfinger on the bass, which has an awesome walking bass line in the verses that I just love. For a while, I considered myself to be a bass player. I didn't really like playing chords. I liked playing melodies on the bass or the guitar which ska music is especially good for. I also learned a bunch of Rage Against the Machine songs, which is also a ton of fun to pound out on the bass. Shortly after that, I got my first electric guitar, which was a Squire Strat. It was super noisy and super buzzy. I also had these crummy practice amps that were also super noisy and had insane amounts of sludgy distortion. The guitar and the amp were a hand-me-down from my other brother, Russ, who played guitar too, and whenever he got new stuff, I, of course, would get the old stuff, and I was stoked to have an electric guitar. Being the youngest brother has its perks. I played that guitar a lot. I learned every single song I liked, even whole albums, front to back, mostly pop-punk stuff of that same time, Sum 41 or Mest or Newfound Glory. I would learn all the chords first and then go back and learn all the lead parts. And I really liked playing the lead guitar parts the most. Those are like the fun parts of the song, the melodic parts of the song. 
and I would even embellish on them or harmonize them and kind of like what I did with the trombone in school band. I would just kind of jam along and sometimes make stuff up on top of the song. I think part of that was also if I couldn't figure it out completely, I would just write my home part. So I would play for hours on end. I'd turn all the lights off in my bedroom and pretend like I was playing shows, jumping around and doing all the cool moves. That was my dream job at the time. I wanted to be a rock star. This is around the time I joined my first garage band, like 2002 or 2003. I think I'm going to save the details of my first band for another episode and maybe have some guests on to help tell that story. I think that'll be a lot of fun. But basically, I had learned enough stuff on the guitar to be able to jam with other musicians and contribute to a band. I was pretty awkward and pretty shy, but I was ready to rock. I guess that still pretty much describes me 20 years later. It's really freeing to play music with other musicians and other people. It's a really natural human thing. You play a beat, I'll play some chords, and we'll just make some noise and let loose. It can be chaotic and aimless at times, but it's also how you discover new riffs and new sounds when you're feeding off of other people. And you can jam on your own too, I clearly did, but playing with a band is a whole experience and it takes being a musician to a, a whole nother level, as long as you have cool people to jam with anyway. So what about singing? I assume most of you know me from singing songs. I would sing songs on my own and record my own demos at home. I would sing backup vocals occasionally with my garage band. There were one or two songs that I sang lead vocals on, but I didn't have any formal training with singing. I would just kind of imitate the bands that I was listening to. I joined the high school chorus my very last year of high school. And even with just one year of chorus, I learned a lot. The biggest thing was warming up your voice. It sounds stupid, but just taking the time to stretch and get your voice in shape before you actually go and try to play a show, that was a huge help, especially when you're used to just screaming and yelling punk music with your garage band. I was mostly making it up until then, which you can only really take so far. I also took a music theory class that year with the same teacher as the chorus. I don't know where I would be without that class either. We did a ton of listening and dictation where the teacher would play intervals or melodies and we would have to transcribe them. It's pretty standard music training stuff, but that was also a really pivotal time for me where now you're not just reading the music or playing it on an instrument. You are hearing the music and breaking it down and translating it to notes on a page. You sort of flip the way you think about everything and you go from this sort of passively enjoying music thing to seeing the whole matrix, basically. After high school, I went to college for music business and minored in recording, which is exactly what it sounds like. Music classes, business classes, and recording classes. My first year, I had this class that was all about singing in solfege, which is just the fancy word for do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. This was another 
Huge boost to my ear training and understanding of melodies and chords. Now, anytime I hear a song, I don't hear the words or the melody as just music. I hear every single step and piece of the puzzle, and I can sort of map it all out in my head. I kind of already had that ability from playing so many songs on the guitar, especially like lead guitar parts, but now I could actually define it. That class really helped me to master how to pair melodies and chords and harmonize pretty much everything. If I'm singing or playing a part, I know all the options that I have that can kind of fit together with it. It's just more of that overview of the musical matrix. Later in college, my second or third year, I was taking guitar lessons. I was initially self-taught. I was decent for a pop-punk kid, and I told my professor that I really liked Newfound Glory, and I remember him saying, well, we're not going to play Newfound Glory here, which I always thought was kind of condescending. Without Newfound Glory, I wouldn't be any good at guitar, and this guy would have had to teach me from the ground up. And I love those pop-punk riffs in leads, and I think that taught me a ton about music. I think if you start learning songs that you actually like, you're far more likely to improve and keep it up. It's really easy to start an instrument and then just give up because it is kind of hard to learn a new skill in general, especially with the guitar. It's not really a friendly instrument at all when you're just starting out. So in these guitar lessons, I learned stuff that I already knew on the piano, but now I was learning it on the guitar, major, minor, pentatonic scales, all the modes for each of those, and seven chords, stuff like that. And I got to know the fretboard a lot better. There were a lot of these like aha moments where stuff that you would do on the guitar, just kind of making it up as you go, now you're able to quantify it. And you're like, okay, this funky chord shape that I've been doing forever is actually this kind of chord. I, I get it now. And I learned some more reputable guitar songs, I guess, like Tears in the Rain by Joe Satriani and a lot of rock and roll licks. My professor had me learn all of Sweet Child of Mine, which I don't know how that's any different from Newfound Glory. Obviously, the solos shred a little harder, but that always seemed kind of like a music snob thing to me. I don't know. I believe you can learn a lot from any kind of music, whether it's old or new or popular or not. I try to celebrate it all. I don't want to be that guy that's like, music was better in my day. And I don't listen to Guns N' Roses for fun. So that sort of felt like piano lessons to me where you're learning something you don't really care about, which kind of takes the fun out of it. And I started to dread going to those lessons because of that. I didn't really want to be a shredding guitar player, but I did still learn a lot from those lessons. And even though I don't play classic rock, knowing those kind of cliche solo riffs and licks is something that I'm glad I have a little bit more of an understanding for, even if I don't really shred in any of my own songs. I like to think that I can pick up any instrument and get kind of a decent sound out of it, but I'm mostly a string player. I play a little ukulele, mandolin, guitar and bass, of course. I have a violin, but that's one instrument that I definitely cannot make sound good. I have a lot of respect for violin players. 
it'd be cool to have a harp or a banjo or branch out a little bit to different instruments. I have a drum set and I can hold some simple beats, but I don't really have the natural groove of a drummer. I'm kind of like rigid. And even though I play a handful of instruments, I don't really consider myself much of a performer. Like I said earlier, I don't like to practice and to be a great musician, it really does require a lot of practice, which is actually funny because I've been practicing a lot of singing and playing my songs lately, not necessarily practicing my instrument, but I've played a few shows on Instagram live and I'd like to do that more, but I'm not really great at it. So obviously, if I'm going to get better, I have to practice a little. Honestly, I would say my main instrument now is really the recording software. I love the studio setting where I can kind of control things, do extra takes and try things out, layer things and sort of be a mad scientist about my music. The cliche saying is practice makes perfect, but in recording, you don't have to get it perfect right away. You can try different things out and you can kind of fake it if you can't get it perfect. But obviously, if you're a better musician, you get better recordings. Taking that sort of studio engineering approach is just my means to an end. And the thing is, I don't know everything. Like any skill or craft, it's something you have to develop over time. And like I said, music is really a language. How well can you speak it? How well can you translate it? Do you really understand how it works? I've had several really amazing teachers and mentors to help guide me. I've put in a lot of time studying, and I suppose I did actually practice a lot starting out. My practicing just looks different today with songwriting and arranging, recording or mixing. I know I still have a lot to learn, though, and I probably will always have something more to learn. But if you want to be able to write songs or record yourself or just noodle around on an instrument, you 100% can find a teacher or get tips from a friend and start by playing along with your favorite songs or making covers. That will teach you how somebody else is doing it, and that'll be the most fun introduction to it. Like, don't start by learning some crazy classical or Baroque pieces. Unless you're really into that, obviously, that's all good stuff. All I'm doing is essentially stealing or borrowing from all the bands that have influenced me, both in my songwriting and the recording side of things. It's okay to copy artists while you're learning. Eventually, you'll figure out how to put your own spin on it, your own tonality or ranging or subject matter, your story or Star Wars. At the end of the day, most of the core musical ideas have been done to some degree. And this isn't exclusive to music. This could be filmmaking or writing a book or whatever. You're probably not going to invent something totally new, but you can dress it up however you like. The key is it's a language and you can listen to it all you want, but eventually you have to start speaking it. And if you study the theory, the fundamentals, it'll be even easier Although you don't have to do any of that, you can be self-taught too. Either way, it's a matter of putting in the time and falling in love with that journey of getting better and better at it. So I could go on, but that's the gist of my musical journey, at least up until 
college or so. Of course, there's more to the story, but we'll save it for another episode. All right. If you like the podcast and you'd like to show your support, join my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. All patrons get new songs as they come out, access to Q&A and Ask Me Anything threads, which I'll answer here on the show or over on Patreon. At the bonus tracks tier, you can get bonus songs from me every month. This month, you can get The Force Is With Me, the acoustic version. At the art review tier, I'll check out your YouTube channel or your music, whatever you make, and give you my thoughts. If you're learning an instrument or writing songs yourself, that tier is perfect for you. And you can even get your name in the credits of new podcasts and new YouTube videos at the producer tier. No matter what tier you sign up for, you'll be helping out and your support would mean the world to me. So sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks or check for the link in the description. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Royish Good Looks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review or a comment wherever you're tuning in from. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. And finally, share the podcast with your friends and tag me in the post so we can grow this thing and make it as big as possible. Either way, thank you for listening and I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care.